We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's week 10, and it's the Tuesday Take 5 show on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Cabin. Dave's rocking the... Classico Rotoviz hoodie tonight. Love to see it. Yep. It's week 10. There's a little bit of a crisp in the air. Dave, man, I, I even hung up some Christmas lights on the exterior already. Yep. My wife's like that extra too. Yep. in the spirit this year. So I mean, it's it. I mean, we're in the throes of football uh and the throes of fantasy football, more importantly. And as we've been known to do. And 2023, we're going to break down the top five or so performances at each position in this week's uh, fantasy landscape, starting with the quarterbacks, Dave. And there was a clear king, a clear king. You know, I, I think it was the red stripe on the helmet this week that really did it uh, <laughs> for the Cowboys. They, you know, they've often claimed to be America's team for decades, and they threw the uh, red stripe on the helmet to make it like the American flag. And... Dak Prescott, man, he just uh, totally balled out this week, Dave. Yeah, so we see just another crazy week from Dallas, albeit we did see this team absolutely go out and crush when they played the Giants to open the year. Nonetheless, though, uh, Dak Prescott, and I need to put this so that we're on through week 10 here, should probably get that done. Uh, Dak Prescott, (laughs) 37.9%. PPR completes 75% of his passes throws for 404 yards. Curtis with four passing touchdowns, uh, 11.5 yards per attempt leading the pack this week as a rusher. Um, also adds 17 yards and a rushing touchdown put up 383 air yards. Uh, one of the highest conversion percentages of the week, at 1.055, had an A dot of 10.9. We just continue to see this team rolling. 16 first downs for Prescott recorded in this game. Obviously, we will talk about C.D. Lamb later, potentially uh, You know some of the other players there in that offense. Cowboys are really clicking. Yeah, they are clicking. You, you wanted them to explode in this spot and they did um so that's an improvement from dallas you know 
really the only thing that isn't clicking in these offensive explosions over the past couple of weeks mm. is still that run game. Um, much to the dismay of Tony Pollard drafters uh, in 2023. It's but tough, the passing man. game, yeah, the, the passing game is real. I mean, we, I think basically we got Jake Ferguson instead of Tony Pollard this year. I'm not sure if like that's like an equivalency that people are cool with. Yeah. I mean, it's still. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean th- there are the same number of expected fantasy relevant players in Dallas. It's just that it's not the people, you, you know. That, it's not that, the guy that, that you drafted in the second right. round, unfortunately. Maybe the turn on the first round for some people out there, you know. Yeah. The now, with, with Dak here, um, actually just expanding this to the past two weeks now, he is the QB1 over the past two weeks um, when you combine, you know, both games, 66.2 PPR. So definitely um, hot uh, in Dallas. Justin Herbert. Haven't talked about him too much on the show this year. He's the QB2 uh, this week on the strength of 323 passing yards, four touchdowns for him, uh, just like Prescott did throw a pick. Herbert doesn't usually add much on the ground, and that was the case this week. Had 15 yards um, rushing. Talk to us a little bit about um, some of the advanced metrics in Herbert's uh, game this week. Yeah, so Herbert actually only threw for 267 air yards. What happened, though, was his receivers were able to do a lot after the catch with 6.1 yards after the catch. As I said, an ADOT of just or low air yards, an ADOT of just 6.7, but actually had a pacer of 1.2. Thanks to the fact that after, you know, those catches were made on the 267 air yards, his receivers were able to do a lot with them. Uh, Four rushing attempts for Herbert picks up an additional 15 yards, also had 16 first downs. Something that we would have expected going into this game with the Lions, we knew there was going to be a lot of offense, and that definitely played. Uh, excuse me, there that definitely played out. So Herbert, uh, we have not talked a lot about this year, uh, but also um, another solid performance for him here. And I feel like uh, you know we might be talking about him a couple more times down the stretch. Uh, Dave, I, I clicked on the wrong button there, buddy. There you go. He's yeah, got me. Yeah, yeah. So, on YouTube. Right. I'm still getting used to the new dashboard. So Curtis, Dave, Curtis, Curtis. Hold on. <laughs> Let me just put it this way. You only want to click on three items. They're the bottom. They're, they're to the right. There's just three things. And if you want to solo yeah. somebody, you hover over them. You hit the oh, three ellipses and you go to solo layout. Just I've, like I've that. Soloing and highlighting. I've been doing all that. It's when I click back to the two person view. I, I was resizing windows is the issue. I resized my okay. my window here. And when I did that, it changed the order of my icons in the dashboard. Okay. And I went okay. the wrong one again. So, All right. But I, I will take the coaching because I'm still getting used to this beautiful new um, overlay system that you built for us here. Yes. All right. Joshua Dobbs, the man, oh, the myth, the legend. Oh, QB3, my word. man. QB3, 268 in the touch. Yeah. Bring it up with the applause, man. Yeah, 268 and a touchdown through the air, 44 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground. I mean, he's found found a new home in Minnesota. He's going to keep them relevant in this uh, NFC North uh, race for second place here. You, you love to see it. I mean, if they get – are they getting Justin Jefferson back, Dave? Is it going to happen? I mean, I think it probably should happen now. I think it's, I yeah. think it's going to, especially when you consider the fact – 
that Dobbs practically just stepped off of the plane there. I mean, right? Like literally the first game there steps off the plane, goes in, plays well, comes out, has this performance. Uh, and you could argue that with his ability as a rusher, he's added a different dimension that this team didn't have before when Kirk Cousins was there. And we all know how much that, you know, I, I was a fan of Kirk this year. Uh, but Dobbs, 44 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, 12 first downs for him. Uh, you know, those eight rushing attempts are worth noting about what that can do for this team. I think once you get Justin Jefferson back, things are really going to open up on um, the passing game as well. Also, you know, KJ Osborne banged up to some degree, TJ Hawkinson, even before the game, there was talk about him being a little bit banged up. So it's great to see him come out, put up a solid pacer 7.9 in terms of a dot, uh, also goes, 23 for 34, 67.6% completion rate. Very solid in the leaderboard this week. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just as notable, I think, for the players that aren't Dobbs but are in Minnesota as well as Dobbs. You know, unfortunately, I told a listener on the Start Sit Show that had some options that, uh, you know, they didn't need to roll with Hawkinson just because he was Hawkinson, but I probably should have told him oh. to do so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. TJ Hawkinson smashed this week. I here here's a good one on uh, Joshua Dobbs. Over the the past two weeks, weeks nine and week ten, he leads all quarterbacks in rushing yards with 110. Lamar Jackson, the only other quarterback with over 100 rushing yards in the past two weeks, and he has 101. And uh, also the only QB with two rushing touchdowns over the past two weeks. So no quarterback has been more the Konami code in weeks nine and weeks 10 than Joshua Dobbs. I mean, that's, that's what you love to see. Uh, Sam Howell, Dave wrote of his favorite uh, QB four this week out on the road against the 12 in Seattle and <laughs> still get done from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, he sure does. And he was a player that you and I had a lot of back and forth over uh, this weekend. You know, one of, one of the players that we've come to really like, uh, you know, especially now that he has delivered on what we wanted to see preseason comes into this game, uh, puts up 24.2 fantasy points, uh, 29 on 44. You know, we're seeing that Washington offense air it out, complete 66% of his passes, 312 passing yards, 7.1 yards per attempt, the three passing touchdowns, yak after completion for Howell, 7.9. Only player that saw more this week is the player we will talk about next uh, mm. You know, so the receivers helping out Howell there, of course, you could argue uh, that to some degree, you know, he's he's getting them in the right places. So the highest pacer of the week at one point four two five only had two hundred nineteen air yards. As I said, though, three hundred and twelve total yards. So Washington offense being efficient at turning those air yards into total yards uh, did take three sacks. Sacks have been a problem for him. This season, two rushing attempts, adds 17 yards, um, picks up 13 first downs there for Washington. Another solid game from Howell. I think it would be really interesting to see just how high he would go if we were to redraft uh, for redraft, you know, at oh, this yeah. point in the year. You know, I think you'd be seeing yeah, him. I mean, he's, he's going to be battling for the passing yards crown, man. Like, I, I mean, if he hangs on to the job, I mean... Riverboat Ron, that's the thing. You just can never trust him, you know. 
<laughs> if they get a couple of games, you know, will, will he will he get crazy uh, if they fall too far below 500? But Sam Howell, I mean, I think he's like the real deal. I mean, I think he, he should is. start moving forward. Like, I mean, he should be the plan um, for Washington. So we'll we'll have to see if that's what they're actually going to do or not. And uh, sneaky game stack of the week was play your Commanders, play your Seahawks, and Geno Smith also. Um, brought the fantasy goodness this week, 24.1 PPR uh, from Gino, starting to heat up a little bit over the past couple of weeks, which is nice. You know, he was one of those discount guys that really worked out pretty well in 2022. And, you know, he, he didn't get too pricey this offseason, um, but people, there were more people that were, you know, believers and, you know, building like two QB best ball teams with him as your number two and then just stopping those types of things. And, you know, those squads have felt a little bit thin, but now Gino heating up 369 passing yards. Uh, of course, he's, you know, always highly accurate, 66% uh, completions there, a pair of touchdowns. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, this was the first game where I felt like all three Seahawks receivers also were pretty dangerous. Yep. It was nice to see like what could happen if all three of these guys start hitting on, um, you know, full cylinder at the same time, I mean, Gino, Gino could have a, a pretty big second half. Anything else you want to talk about with Gino before we move on to running backs? No, I think just uh, to close here, this was a game that on paper did look like it set up nicely for both quarterbacks. So we just have to hope that this carries into future games. That said, though, I do think that I'm feeling pretty positive when we look at uh, the trends for them, but let's make our way over uh, to running back, which means I am going to change mm. the, uh, the background here. here. Let's yes. go. All right. Let's go. There we go. He's got it. We have, I think, well, certainly this year, and, and I think of his career, the first overall RB1 week for Mr. Brian Robinson uh, on, on the commander. You know, we already talked about Sam Howell. It was actually Robinson doing his damage as a receiver more than as a rusher, Dave, break it down. Yeah. And when you go back to the fact that this was a player that got stabbed heading into his rookie season, came in, was able to make a solid comeback. Now we see him having a game like this. It's just really awesome stuff. So he puts up his 27.7 PPR um, by taking... 51% of the running back snaps. So we see Antonio Gibson getting involved as well, but Robinson doing a lot with that 51% snap share, just eight rushing attempts, 38 yards as Curtis alluded to a rushing share, 57%, but his target share 14.3, he, which was six targets. He catches all six of those goes for 119 receiving yards, bangs in a receiving touchdown this man had 113 yards after the catch, after seeing just six air yards um, and an A dot of one. Did a lot of damage on, uh, you know, a long play there. Just three first downs for yeah. him. But fun stuff here from the commander's offense. This is some of the type of things that, uh, you know, you thought might you might see with uh, Brian Biennemi coming into the fold there. Another uh, fun performance here from Washington. Uh, that's Eric B. Oh, sorry, Eric I think Bien Brian. I, think I, you I combine Brian Robinson. Robinson yeah. So I'm just going to say people the emails. Dave knows who Eric yes. is. Here's the thing that people <laughs> need to understand. I used to get annoyed when you hear people say things wrong on, uh, like when you listen to broadcast, the amount of words 
that you have to say, like, you know, off the yeah. cuff here, you're bound yeah. to say things that are stupid. Well, and you're just staring at all these right. names. I mean, yep. um, the takeaway for me here, 162 receiving yards by commanders running backs uh, this week. Cause mm. Antonio Gibson had a few uh, to his name as well. RB two for the week, Jameer Gibbs. And this is encouraging because David Montgomery was also back this week and was also a major factor, you know, with some pretty big plays of his own. He ran for like a thousand yards in one play. Yeah. yeah, I think it was a 75. I'm not sure. I mean, if you would have told me over under uh, longest remaining career rush for (laughs) David Montgomery, I wonder what odds I would have been willing to take um, at over 74 yards. He's just not a player that, like a 75-yard run, like it just does not compute. But anyway, we're here to talk about Gibbs because, uh, you know, he was the star this week, man. Um, 26.2 PPR for Jameer Gibbs, and he had 14 carries for 77 yards and a pair of early touchdowns. He got off to a really hot start in this game. Uh, also caught three balls for 35 yards on five targets. That's a 15.6 target share for him. And David Montgomery gets zero targets in this game. So, you know, th- this is kind of what you would want to see. You would want to see Jameer Gibbs be, you know, and, and I think this is what's best for the Lions, too, given yep. the relative skill sets of these players. Jameer Gibbs be the more, um, the, the player affected less by game script, right? And then David Montgomery smashing as well when the team gets up big, closing out games, you know, so streaming Montgomery when the Lions, you know, are going to be favored um, or, you know, not trying to keep up with some high-flying offense that's going to throw it 45 times a game, that type of thing. But Jameer Gibbs, getting it done on the ground, 14 carries, getting the five targets, uh, you can't really ask for anything more. That was really, really encouraging. Anything you want to add about Gibbs before we talk about the surprise top five running back of the week? So Gibbs had a rushing share of 40 five percent uh obviously that means that montgomery had the 55 but i think i agree with you and one of the interesting things here curtis is that you do see 6.4 epa for montgomery here which was only trumped this week by brian robinson so a couple of really key plays for montgomery and how it's translating into the performance for the lions on the field but we also see gibbs coming up with 3.1, which does speak to the fact that this looks like a good way for the Lions to deploy these running backs. You know, they've been a fun team this year. Hopefully we get to see that continue. Um, But at the very least, I think that uh, you can rule that Gibbs on his trajectory and outlook going forward has now demonstrated enough that he should be one of those guys that we're valuing very highly in all formats Moving forward, uh, Devin Singletary finishes behind him. Now, Devin Singletary, you have to kind of know you're going to get one of these performances one time this year. It was just a matter of when it was going to come. Devin Singletary puts up 23.1 PPR, uh, plays a snap share of 81%, takes 30 rushing attempts from 150 yards, averages five yards a carry, Also gets into the end zone for a score. Saw two targets, caught one of them, added 11 yards. Um, Finishes this game again, as I said, with 23.1. Now, 
that sizable workload obviously is going to help him. And this, you know, probably isn't the type of thing that you're going to expect going forward. But I do think the takeaway that you could have here, maybe it's not as applicable for this season, but CJ Stroud just continues to show that he is absolutely the real deal. That's opening up things for this offense across the board. And Houston, you know, has become kind of becoming a bastion of fantasy points. Yeah. Well, well said and excellent, excellent use of bastion. (laughs) Um, Yeah. See, you know, we, we talk about this in dynasty all the time, but it, we're in the middle of the season. You can talk about it from a waiver wire perspective as well, or even a desperation streaming situation. You know, when you have a quarterback that hits this rapid ascension button like this, you know, you can start to take calculated gambles on, you know, other players. You know, I, I, I was in a spot, you know, due to buys, I was forced to start Noah Brown. Uh, you know, he had the big week in week nine. It's like, eh, this is not the type of player that's going to do it in back to back weeks. Well, you know, he was pretty productive for me this week. And, you know, if, if you think that Singletary is going to, you know, have the job, you know, Pierce isn't available and, you know, this is a road game. They want to slow down the Bengals, you know, uh, high-flying attack. You know, I wouldn't have picked 30 rushes as the number for him. But, That might know, be a career high for him. I, I have to imagine. Well, definitely in the NFL. I mean, he had crazy, crazy yeah, he did. video game numbers in college, yeah. but I don't think he's had 30 carries in the NFL. But, I mean, C.J. Stroud just gets this team in scoring position so often. I mean, and, you know, they, they really look like they're humming. So I think that's a fair point. No surprises at RB4 and RB5. Uh, you know, the old standbys, Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey, just doing what they do, um, leading their teams and, you know, for the most part in, in fantasy scoring and certainly consolidating all of the valuable work in each of those backfields. We will just do a quick honorable mention for Kenneth Walker and Jalen Warren. Well, who throw Najee just- Harris in there too, which is wild. Harris. Yeah. Right. Yeah, dude, dude, dude. Harris at 18.6, Jalen Warren yeah. at 19. It's just notable because, you know, we haven't seen the Pittsburgh backfield do things like this for a while. Yeah, that's pretty fair. And they each got four targets as well. I, I think I, w- I was probably being unfairly dismissive on, on Najee Harris. But those are three names in Walker, Warren, and Harris that we haven't seen um, up here too often this year. And so, you know, that's encouraging, especially, again, in these bye weeks. Those are probably players that, you know, many of the listeners were. You know, I mean, Walker, you're probably starting. But Warren and Harris, it's like, yeah, I can flex them. Maybe I had other good options. You know, if you they were in the lineup, they certainly did not. Um, disappoint this week. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
One of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending live events. The atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person, it is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress in trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats and that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and you Use the code RODOVIS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code RODOVIS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Dave, we've got to move over to the wide receiver position now. Yes. And so yet again, yet again, <laughs> our boy, Keenan <laughs> Allen with... The monster game, 40.5 PPR. Am I reading this correctly? Yeah, dude. Keenan Allen is absurd. Absolutely absurd. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm non, if you want another great word, I'm nonplussed here. Uh, as I, as I even try to find something to say here, uh, EPA yeah. of 17.3. You know, like, those like word, word jump word game thing. I see. I can't even think of the, a word for that. Yeah. So, you have one of those like, brain teaser things right next to your keyboard, right? No, I don't. So through <laughs> word of the day what, and then you're trying to stump me and all the listeners into feeling bad that we don't have a Dave Cabin vocabulary. Well, so episode. when I had to take the GRE for grad school, I uh, like tried to memorize them. I learned like 3000, somewhere between 3000 to 5,000 new words. Uh, so wow. the vocabulary is fairly extensive. That might be okay. a little bit of an exaggeration. I don't know how many of them I've retained, but I did study a million words. Anyway. <laughs> okay, um, back to Keenan Allen. All right. So Keenan Allen finishes this game here with a 75% snap share. Um, targets sees 14, a target share of 35%, which is actually pretty wild. When you see 14 targets, you're going to think it's a higher target share. Always consistent, catches 78.6% of his passes, uh, puts up 175 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns, uh, 62 yards after the catch, nine first downs, an dot of 9.6. What you're basically seeing here from Keenan Allen, Curtis, is two weeks worth of games every single time he plays one game. It's It's absurd. Yeah, this is like the old Christian McCaffrey. When you start him, it's like starting him and a wide receiver. Uh, when you start Keenan Allen, you're starting two wide two wide receiver ones. <laughs> I mean, that's it's not like if I'm looking down through this. I mean, okay, three. Let's see, six, nine. Yes. So if you cut his production in half, he still would have been a wide receiver one this week. So I think you've actually hit the nail on the head with this one. Okay, um, CD Lamb. You know, we we have talked more about CD. Uh, over the past couple of weeks as he's heating, heating up along with Dak. I want to highlight actually his last four games here. Um, CeeDee Lamb, well, the last four weeks, his last three games, his last four weeks. 
Um, so CD lamb is the wide receiver one over his last three games played. He's actually the wide receiver one over the past four weeks, even though he only played three games and other wide receivers played four. Uh, he has 108.6 PPR over his past three performances for a, a crazy average of average of 36.2 PPR per game over the past three games. I know we're talking about just this week, but you know, I, we gotta, we gotta highlight this man, two rushes, 26 yards and a touchdown. Also, he's getting involved there. 500 receiving yards, Dave. 500 receiving yards in his past three contests. No other wide receiver actually even has 400. Now, here's the other thing that I would like to say, because I did already say this player's name once uh, on the broadcast. Would you care to guess who is wide receiver two in receiving yards over the past four weeks? He also has only played three games. Is it the name that I'm looking at right under him? Well, I mean, are you? Are, did you? Sorry, the, so the, I'm going to be entirely. No, it is not. Okay, it is not. I actually. It's can't. Noah Brown. Oh my Noah gosh! Brown. <laughs> Noah Brown has the second most receiving yards <laughs> in the NFL <laughs> in the past four weeks. Yeah. Anyway. Oh okay, wait. So uh, I, I wish I had a sound effect queued up for that one because I that's, mean that's that would work. So CD Lamb's crushing. He crushed again this week. I mean, he's. I, I think I tweeted out like. He's no longer a star. He's a superstar. Like this is the type of stretch that you need in the middle of the season. And and you have to really, I mean, to really become the must-see TV guy and one of those household names that everyone's always paying attention to. I mean, you really do need to bust out in fantasy. Like that's how important fantasy football is. I mean, think about like Travis Kelsey. Like he's so huge now that he's he's dating pop stars, but he was a household name for the past couple of years as a tight end, which is almost impossible to do, but you know, it's just so dominant from a fantasy perspective. And I'm CD lamb's going to put himself, you know, right there in the conversation with, you know, guys like Jamar chase and, you know, other receivers that are kind of of that age range. If he continues to dominate in this fashion, let's however, talk about his teammate who was the sneaky wide receiver three of the week. Cause we've talked a lot about CD. Why don't you break down Brandon cooks? Yeah, so Brandon Cooks has gotten probably zero airtime, even across the start-sit show, which just kind of speaks to what it's been like for Brandon Cooks this year. Nonetheless, the hapless New York Giants allow Brandon Cooks to finish as the wide receiver three this week with 32.3 points. Um he plays just 41 per, or excuse me 41 snaps it's just 53% of the plays there for Dallas but does see 10 targets 22.7 target share converts 9 of those 10 targets puts up 173 receiving yards for a touchdown um saw 133 air yards which was an air yard share of 29 again these are just ridiculous numbers when 133 air yards is a share of just 29% uh, 61 yards after the catch for Cooks. That gives him mm. 6.8 yards after the catch per reception, an A dot of 13.3, one of the highest totals of the week. Also picks up six first downs. So do we see Cooks continue to, you know, finish in obviously not like wide receiver one territory, but wide receiver two, wide receiver three territory? I mean, I think it's definitely possible. Well, he's certainly become, I mean, he's put himself back on the streaming radar here. I mean, a game that's this huge, I think does probably, it's got to raise some eyebrows in Dallas of, man, maybe we need to get this guy more involved each week. 
So I will be really interested to see what happens in week 11 uh, to see if he can kind of counterbalance everything that's going on with CD. I mean, he had 10 targets to CD's 14. I mean, that's pretty respectable. And if you're going to get 22, 23% of target share from a quarterback as hot as Dak, you know, that's material. So we'll see. I mean, he's definitely not an auto start guy, but I think he is kind of in that flex consideration. Again, I bet we will get this name on this week's start sit show for sure. Amonra St. Brown, wide receiver four. He's back doing AS or ARSB things, 30.5 PPR, all kinds of Detroit Lions all over the leaderboard this week. Yes. And he finishes with 30 and a half points um does get two rushing attempts as well just speaking to you know the level of usage he's getting there nine targets converts eight of them um also 156 receiving yards and a touchdown 46.5 percent air yard share for st brown on 114 air yards adds 70 yards after the catch and with 8.8 yards uh after the catch the only player outperforming him in that metric this week was Tyler Boyd, who with T. Higgins out, uh, you know, was a significant contributor for Cincinnati this week. Uh, but back to St. Brown also has an A dot of 12.7, picks up five first downs um, in that high scoring affair against the Chargers. Uh, so, you know, St. Brown really delivering on what a lot of people thought he could do this year. And Curtis, the name that comes up behind St. Brown is a player that we've mentioned before we owe an apology to. Maybe it's not so much to him, but to his quarterback as he just continues to prove us wrong. And that, yeah, of Mike, course... Mike Evans, man. Mike Evans, 26.3. He, is he going to have 1,000 receiving yards again for the 19th year in a row? I mean, well, pretty impressive. I mean, Mike Evans in this game, 26.3 points, adds to uh, his yardage on the year by putting up 143 also gets a touchdown goes six out of 10 uh in terms of air yard share uh gets a 54.4 percent air yard share in mike evans fashion though not a whole lot of yards after the catch per reception just a lot of you know deep passes caught down the field 190 air yards for evans the highest total of the week and uh if we zoom out on Mike Evans and we look at him now across the year, actually, maybe I should even just look at this in graph format here. Um, oh, now you're just showing off. Yep. We're going to look at PPR. What we if will you're listening see, to this on Road of His Radio and not watching on YouTube, you are missing some of Dave's uh, Monday review tool wizardry. Yep. So well, while you're still getting you know, a lot of the breakdown, you know, even if you're a loyal podcast listener and, and YouTube is not as much of your thing, you owe it to yourself to just hop in there and, and see what you can do with the tools. Yeah. So Mike Evans has gone over 15 PPR five times this year. And uh, if yeah. we just do a little test here and we kind of like bounce him off of somebody like, I don't know, Christian Kirk here, and you just compare them across the season uh, and you see who wins on a weekly basis, you have Evans winning it looks like about half the time, but when he does, when he's putting up a lot of points. So, you know, Mike Evans just continuing to be absolutely ridiculous. Tampa Bay uh, with Baker Mayfield performing better than we thought. And, uh, you know, 
got that one wrong for sure. But I think we can now make our way over to tight ends unless there was one more wide receiver that you wanted to uh, to note here. I just wanted Your to boy Tyler gloat. Lockett, maybe. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. We won't. We won't do that. We already talked about the Seahawks. I did want to gloat that I actually did on separate teams actually start Brandon Cooks and Tyler Boyd this week. Okay. Okay. Um, so that that's one reason why you know we like to draft so many wide receivers um, on, on our our teams, especially you know a lot of these you know big time uh, high stakes redraft leagues. Cause you just never know how deep into your bench you're going to need to get. And it just really ran pure cooks was, you know, kind of, you know, just lucky to have this type of performance. But then, I mean, you end up with a situation where, you know, a third of my team's on by and then T Higgins tweaks the hammy and, and practice this week. And I've got Tyler Boyd sitting right there in a game that ends up being, you know, pretty competitive with Houston. So, um, so sometimes those experiments in your starting lineup go horribly, horribly wrong but I got those big games, you know, in spots where I really needed it. And uh, so I did, I did want to just kind of you know, tip the cap to the root of his draft strategy there, helping me out. Now For you sure. already talked about the tight end one, TJ Hawkinson over 30, 30.4 PPR. I mean, he was insane. I mean, he did most of this damage in the first half. Uh, he already had, I don't know, 80% of these points in the first half, probably really was a sight to behold. Looks like Josh Dobbs has a lot of chemistry here, but I, I think it's pretty easy to create chemistry with a guy that's getting open like Hawkinson is. For sure. And uh, what I've pulled up here is a graph of Hawkinson across the season. You will see that this was his best game of the year by about 10 points. Uh, so very impressive that Dobbs is able to come in and support a performance like this for Hawkinson who finishes with 30.4 PPR, an EPA of 9.2, which is very substantial, uh, plays just 63% of the snaps, but records 15 targets. That was a target share of 47%, um, 11 receptions. So this does kind of fall into the category of some of those games where people say a new quarterback or a young quarterback comes in, they're going to rely heavily on the tight end. Uh, but with Hawkinson, you know, it's going to make sense that you're going to keep him involved. Gets 134 receiving yards, 73% catch rate, gets a touchdown. Where you're really going to see things stand out for Hawkinson this week is an air yard share for him of 50%, which was 134 air yards. The next closest player behind him, Curtis, was Trey McBride at 85 and it's notable because McBride also saw you know a pretty high target total with nine we're going to talk about him in a minute uh but Hawkinson ends up with 4.5 yards after the catch per reception and a dot of 8.9 picks up seven first downs until Justin Jefferson comes back which could be soon the level of involvement that you're probably expecting from Hawkinson in this offense is going to be very substantial um you know, I think that uh, you could see him challenging every week to be, you know, one of the top three tight ends. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of football left. If he if he stays hot, I mean, he could be back in that tight end one overall conversation, you know, again, at the end of the year. I think the story of the week from a dynasty perspective and then also in terms of like waiver wire uh, pickups really paying off and becoming auto starts this was a really big deal that Trey McBride posted this game in Kyler Murray's first game back. 
um, for, for him to, I mean, he's shown some spots um, this year and he's been on this show already once or twice maybe, but to get nine targets and a 29% target share and then, and then turn that into an eight for 131 line as a tight end with your franchise quarterback coming back in his first game from an ACL tear. Uh, I, th- I mean, this was really, really big to see this type of chemistry and rapport between these two players. I mean, McBride's got to get moved way up in dynasty rankings. And, you know, I think, you know, now you can feel pretty comfortable, you know, if you were alternating him with other tight ends uh, on your squad, I, I mean, I, I would start him moving forward without, you know, a thought. I mean, he's, you're going to start him over basically anyone not named, you know, Hawkinson or Kelsey. I mean, you know, maybe Kittle, Laporta, you know, those are like the only other names that I can really like think of. Like Trey McBride is going to be a target hog for uh, Kyler Murray. That's what it looks like. Yeah, well, a snap there of 77%, which I think is notable. We already mentioned the nine targets, target share of 29%. But beyond that, you know, as you mentioned, this was Murray's first game back. Murray played good. But you have to say to yourself, was Murray just sitting there you know, thinking while he was sitting out, like, when I get back, do I need to keep Trey McBride involved? Well, even if he wasn't thinking about it, now it's going to be pretty clear to him that he does need to do that. So target share, as I mentioned, 29%. Great to see them already converting a high percentage with eight point or 88.9% catch rate, eight receptions on nine targets. Now, I mentioned the air yards earlier. 85 air yards for him. The next closest player behind him was George Kittle at 75 and Dalton Schultz at 81. But that kind of speaks into the range of where that type of volume could get him. An air yard share of 25.5. He also adds 60 yards after the catch. That's 7.5 yards after the catch per reception with an A dot of 9.4. One of the higher totals on the week. So when you have a tight end seeing high A dot, high number of targets um, and really playing this pivotal role in his team. And McBride was a player that people had been excited about before and points were starting to see that manifest hard, not to be excited about him for the rest of the year. The only player, the only wide receiver or tight end with more first downs than Trey McBride this week was Keenan Allen. Um, So that's, I mean, to me, that's what like he's, he is, you know, he's a cog in the offense now. Like this is, this is going to be a thing. Uh, George Kittle did his typical George Kittle thing where he turns four targets into a tight end three week. Um, so, I mean, this guy's nuts. Oh I don't, gosh. I don't know how they don't just pepper him with, you know, more opportunity. But you know, that, he had an that ADOT of eighteen point eight. Oh my gosh. 116 receiving yards on 75 air yards, which as you said, was on just four targets. So really just three receptions. So yak of 53 yards after the catch per reception of 17.7. And, uh, Oh wait, I, uh, give me a second here, Curtis. I got to I got to readjust some of my, uh, some of my filtering here. So give me a second. You're good, man. I, I've got him dialed up right here and uh, I don't think you've had any missteps okay. so far in the breakdown. I mean, it really just comes down to the 49ers being such a distributed offense. I mean, thankfully for Kittle drafters, he continues to make the most of the opportunities when he gets them. I, what, what I think is maybe this has got to be the craziest stat of the week. 
four targets, but a 40.8% air yard share. (laughs) (laughs) That that, is wild. That is just a crazy, crazy wild. He had had 10% air yard share per target (laughs) for the whole game. Wow. Um, So yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's Kittle. It's nice to see Hawkinson and Kittle up there. Some of the highly drafted guys, um, you know, uh, making bank for the, the elite tight end drafters. Of course, Travis Kelsey was on by this week and, you know, Mark Andrews was, um, pretty well shut down by the Browns, but you know, two of those guys ended up balling out. We talked about McBride and then to round off the top five here, and these are kind of middling performances. So, you know, I, I mean, in, in the case of Tyler Conklin, he may not have even been in lineups. He's your tight end four for the week with 14 PPR. I don't think that this is going to, you know, it is seven targets. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's nice. It's hard to imagine starting consistently a jet not named Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall, but, you know, Conklin has found his way into tight end one territory a couple times this year. And then Jake Ferguson kind of sticking his uh, production into the, the middle of the top uh, top 12 tight ends almost every week now, either uh, via targets or touchdowns uh, from Dak Prescott. It was a touchdown that got it done this week. He just had four receptions for 26 yards. Anything you want to add on, on those guys? Um, well, you were talking about those guys where I don't have anything to add. I was just looking up because I find it interesting yards after the catch per reception on this season among tight ends, the leaderboard for players that have seen over 25 targets. You'd have David and Joku at 8.3 John Smith at 7.5 George Kittle, 6.7 Dallas Goddard, 5.8 Evan Engram, 5.5 Gerald Everett, 5.4 followed by Trey McBride and Luke Musgrave at 5.1. Um, you know, I don't know if there's any major takeaways there, but it's certainly interesting. And the reason I looked it up because we generally see George Kittle perform very yeah. well in that metric. I suppose you could say it's exciting also to see two of the rookies making their way into it. As I will say, generally, when you look through this list, you're going to see, you know, a pretty high percentage of the players at the top be the type of tight ends that you would yeah. want to get your players. Uh, those are good comped players. With. Yep. Yeah, those are good players. I, I like that uh, exercise here. I think it's just one more way you can show show off the power of the Monday review tools. That's why we like to use that uh, when we're breaking down the top fantasy performances of the week. Understand, you know, what's driving them? Are they repeatable? So this has been another, another episode of the Tuesday Take 5 for Week 10. We're going to finish watching this Broncos-Bills game here. Dalton Kincaid has already scored a touchdown. Cortland Sutton had a tiptoe toe dragger uh, along the uh, end zone sideline there. That was just absolutely a thing of beauty. You know, hopefully this game. Tell me James Cook has done something. He fumbled on his first touch. So that was one thing that he did. Um, I wish I had. (laughs) James. We'll we'll see. He has, he has been involved uh, a little bit since then, but you know, that's not what you like to see with, with Lenny uh, lurking on those uh, Buffalo sidelines now. So can we get uh, rid of these old running backs coming in? And then the worst part about this is that the bills would be better off when they get to the goal line, 
keeping Cook in the backfield, spreading things out. Instead, they're going to hand it off to geriatric running backs every single time. At least that's what happened when I've watched the Bills at this point this year. I have not seen any of this game, but I could go on a long diatribe right now. If you put the ball on the ground, you don't get the chances. That So and anyway, that's a whole... I, it's a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother thing. We're going to watch this Broncos bills game. We'll talk a little bit about that. Maybe from a dynasty perspective, because I think there are a couple of interesting dynasty things going on in this game, including Dalton Kincaid's t- latest touchdown. Uh, but thanks again for tuning into the Tuesday take five here on Rotoviz radio. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz fantasy football show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.